Hi and welcome to Integrated Awakenings. It's me, Maria, and today we're going to do a special solo cast of Maria's Spiritual Awakening Part 2. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about possible exit points, um, interdimensional timelines, and also just choosing to be a person. Hi. This is going to be the last episode for the numerical end of the year, so 2023. And I feel like it's just a good way to kind of just tie up all these really big energies and lessons of the past year. I'll also talk about the death of my grandfather because I did like really big spell work for his um, prayers for the family. And I really feel that, as usual, having a direct experience or case about these things are definitely more interesting than like a theoretical conceptual um, story around it. So do note, just like everything I talk about in my account, in my podcast, all of this is direct experience. I experienced it. This is not a client. This is not a friend. This is me. So I, I guess it also speaks to how much I trust and value my listeners because I do think that um, some of our most precious lessons, our stories being, being able to give it is a privilege. Uh, we know that in times of war, you know, there's like media blackouts and with history, your story is reframed and taken away from you. So as I speak my own story right now, I guess I'm also doing my best to just really honor the sanctity of telling my own story, telling my own story my own way, in a way that I feel is interesting and loving. Yeah? <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry if this sounds kind of grave, but you know, I just kind of want to give the gravity of, I guess, what I went through or what can happen. Yeah? So, there was a point, uh, middle of the year where I ran out of karma. Uh, the re, the reason I know why is cause I was, so I dream walk a lot, right? They were showing me that I don't have any files anymore. You know how like in spirit we have contracts of like certain people we need to meet, lessons we have to learn. Like I ran out, like I ran out of papers. Um, and I had several dreams of this, not just one time. My second dream was, I was going to like a theater prod and they were asking me why I was still on stage. I didn't have lines anymore. And it's so weird because um me growing up, I always felt like this arrow or pull, like slight pull towards doing something. And it's it always feels like like a deeper lesson or thing I must do. Like in a higher order of things, this is something I must do. Like I must look for this teacher. I must I, I must go to this thing, right? And the arrow was just gone. There there just came a point where by the way, if people are curious how I burned up burned all my fucking karma is uh I do a lot of dream work, so I resolve a lot of my service a lot of my release, a lot of my investigations via Dream Realm. Um, it's just my really strong Pisces placements. Uh, I'm just really good at dialing numbers up there and then finding the place where I have to resolve the knot. Yeah? I know it, it sounds a little bit of a cheat code, but it's just how I work. Anyway, um, it was so weird. Because when that happened... When I was here, like in the physical, I was like, what the fuck am I even doing here? It, it, it felt, it, there was this genuine feeling of, I don't have a, I don't have like a very good reason to stay anymore. And this is kind of why I say that bondage isn't always like a bad thing. Cause you know how like when you get enlightened masters and they say, because they want to teach, they keep making up an attachment. So you have like these masters, they would be emotionally attached to food, you know, something stupid, um, their wife, right? Because they needed to make some karma just cause their vehicle like spontaneously burns karma. So they would, uh, they would wear these anklets of metal, they would bind their uh nadi of their body to certain items just so that they don't like astrally project or like <laughs> accidentally ascend, right? 
And I totally get that because I was so floaty that, you know, it was, it was like when I slept, I automatically was accessing these upper realms and I'll, and I'll get to those, but it was almost like, it's almost like you're going to get taken. And I remember Sadhguru saying that it's so funny that upon searching for enlightenment, people always try to go up. Right? And then when you get enlightened, all you want to do is go down. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my fucking lord. <laughs> like, I do not use the E word for myself. Like, I feel like it's not... It's kind of like when people call awakening, like, spiritual, like, you know, like, you graduated or something. I don't agree with that. I feel like it's just puberty. And I feel like enlightenment just means that you kind of... I don't even want to call it enlightenment. Um, It just kind of means that... the your level of bondage just went to zero one time. And there is no, there's no moral judgment of that being superior or inferior to anybody. It's just, you're like a, you're like a leaf, you're like a balloon, right? That doesn't have a string. That's it. No attachment, right? But the thing is, sometimes that's not ideal. Okay. And the thing is, even as a soul, when we write contracts of what we do on the human realm, Just because you run out doesn't mean that you can't do improv. Doesn't mean like, okay, I can leave the stage because technically I fulfilled all my lines. But what if I want to play an extra character? What if I want to rewrite, you know, like, what if I want to write another book, right? Fine, I I finished the first book. Maybe I want to write a sequel, right? So I really, I swear to God, I really had this dream where... I was trying to recover my old files and uh, you know how like when you transfer uh Windows media to like a Mac computer and there's a bunch of ghost files and it's like um they're basically translator scripts but they're not real files so basically I made those <laughs> I made like ghost file copies of my previous device so Maria basically and I was like it exists. So you know how I like, so basically my previous attachments both don't exist and also exist at the same time. Like I forced them and I was using a lot of cloaks to make sure that I fool everybody that it's a real file. Right. So, um, I, I was checking in the dream realm and you know, there's, there was this mall and you have to like scan your ID and stuff. And, you know, I showed my ID and I passed and I was like, yes, yes, they don't, you know, they don't, they think I still belong here. <laughs> you know, like I did a good copy of my ID and it's so funny because I had a reader uh, a few days ago literally tell me they can't see my future. They, they said everything's blank slash I don't have guides or my guides just let me do anything. And I'm like, yeah, because technically the guides that are assigned to you make sure that you do your life path, right? But if you finish, you're kind of open world now. Yeah, there are still repercussions to your open world decisions, but there's no solid plot as much anymore. Yeah. And the thing is, I also remember Amara Strand saying that in her latter parts of her own like awakening, she really felt the silence of like her previous guards just leaving her because she was already competent. You know how like you have those um, training wheels on your bike and then you remove the training wheels you don't, when you don't need them anymore? So like a lot of my upper guides definitely disappeared at one point. So every time, so before I would do tarot readings of like, what's the next best thing? What's the next best thing? And it is so like, <laughs> their standard answer is, it's up to you. Like we, we, whatever you want to do, it's kind of valid. <laughs> it's, that's what creatorship feels like. It's not this supreme big power or even freedom. It's not this like, um, ecstatic. Well, it can be, but it's not, some people think that, that big freedom is like this, huge ecstasy and it's literally just like at least for me it was just like emptiness it was just like no you can do whatever you want like no really like whatever you want (laughs) so now the only guides i get is if i make a script so i script my device to have like goals and attachments so i'm attached to for example finishing this degree or i'm attached to guiding this group 
right? So I still have guides, but they're for those things. They're not for me anymore, right? They're assigned to them. It's almost like I'm self-governed or something. <laughs> kind of weird way to put it, but yeah. So that's what happened. Um, and I realized that, okay, fine. Okay, I cleared what I had to do here. But being Neptunian and all, I was like, do I have anything else to do up there? And I went through a rabbit hole. Um, my spirit was like, because my... Oh, shit, I didn't even describe the physical stuff. So basically, all of this, all of the shit I'm saying, was also accompanied by me having chest pains. It was my thoracic area, like, breaking open. And when I asked Spirit what it was, it was my higher heart coming online. And oddly enough, my chakra system felt really weird. Uh, it's almost like the, the bigger chakras kind of collapsed into each other and integrated into three main ones, right? So they kind of flip. So they go up, they flip down, and then they submerge into each other. And I kind of... So I confirmed all of the shit that I'm observing on my body online. Like I found people who experience the same thing. Um, and the reason why I find these things is because I'm just really good at dousing. I, I keep asking. I want to figure, I want to find out more about this. Tell me where to look for it. Tell me what to Google. And then they're like, go to Pinterest, search for this terms. And then I was just, um, I was just collaborating with spirit how to research what was happening to me. Um, so basically, um, they were explaining to me that I was downloading my full monadic bl blueprint. So basically, monad is like you across all timelines. Um, like your oversoul. And oh my god, it was so painful. Like, it was so painful. Like, it, it was like a good solid two weeks of like, I, I was just listening to higher heart frequencies and just like cradling my higher heart. To kind of just go down. Also, this was accompanied by a lot of trippy shit. Like, everything was so... Like, like my, my body felt like thunder. Like, there was just so much energy running through it. And I wasn't trying to invoke anything. There was just no more blocks. So, oh my god, it was so fucking stressful. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, so, I think it's important to note... <laughs> that I was reading One Piece... <laughs> Before all of this happened. So One Piece is like a really long manga. It's like 1,200 chapters, maybe more. Um, I read the first half a few years back, but I only read the latter half, mm, like around that time. And for people who don't know One Piece, uh, it's basically a bunch of pirates. And the thing with Luffy and the thing with the gang is that they keep one of the central themes of the stories is they always go to islands and they free slaves. Um, they may, it's like different versions of slaves, but for, it's always some kind of oppression and they, they free them. And the thing is that the villains in One Piece don't, aren't like some, oh my god, I'm a sad boy, or I'm d getting revenge. No, they're like actually evil, like deeply, deeply evil and oppressive forces. So it's so satisfying when you see them defeated and stuff. But anyway, I really feel like manga and like media, any kind of media really has some codes to certain timelines and events because after I finished One Piece, I tapped into this major timeline where a lot of magical lineages died. Like, like murdered. So it, it, it looked like, by the way, I, I live tweeted slash storied all of this on my account and i know that not everybody listens to it uh reads it and i know that when i tell a story there's like extra energy with my voice and transmission so people might see it more vividly so that's why i'm you know doing the labor of talking so um but yeah if you like go through my arch of my stories you'll find like bits and pieces of this same story anyway I, it, it was like a giant expo, so think Comic-Con Expo, but it's for mythical, magical creatures and different kinds of lineages. And I saw when it was still full, like elves, fairies, uh, dwarves, uh, giants, right? Dragons. But, so I saw that version, and then I saw the version that, 
you know, if you think of Comic-Con, right, there's like a lot of tables and stuff. I saw the version when there were only like two to three left. Um, it was like a ghost of itself. And the, uh, the children of these mythical beasts were like halfies. They were like half human or half, you know, not magical anymore. And they were kind of just aping the aesthetics of their ancestors. But it was like such a crude approximation. There's like, it was a far cry from what their actual abilities were. It was so painful to watch because you actually know what they were capable of. And it was just gone. It was just zero. Um, and they were like trying, they were, you know, it, it was a con. So they were trying, it was like a convention for like lineages. You know how like there's council members and they meet. So that's like what's left of their convention. And, you know, there was some swindlers trying to sell them like products of like how to do like artifacts of their ancestors to remember quote unquote their magic but i'm like fuck man like somebody killed your magic it was so hard um for people who know me um there's a part of my soul called zachariah who is an akashic librarian so i definitely feel like he was in the forefront of this timeline because he was tasked to um document the deaths document the loss the historic loss and i was interviewing like each of the like littler people and be like who do you remember who do you remember what 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 um what what's left of what you know what are the artifacts that are still left in your family kind of like that and i was going around a tree and it was like it was ruins basically um and it was just so hard because Zach actually remembers when they were still like flourishing, right? And it was so heavy, like my chest felt like it was being pressed down because it's not just the death of one people, it's a death of generations of people and like a targeted attacks of them, of these beings. Um, and after I accessed that timeline, when I went back to the physical realm, I would get a lot of these dead creatures, these dying creatures, like asking for peace, asking for repose. I, 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 I ran so many wakes, vigils in my room just so that they would have peace. I would pour wine for them. I would pour water for them. And I just needed them, I needed them to be witnessed and at peace. But at the same time, the shell shock of what they go through. So the thing is, I've had collectives talk to me before. So for example, women who were like fucked up by surgery, you know, their face modified and they looked Asian and stuff. They're just like, they're a collective. I can tell that who I'm talking to is not just a single person. So even if I usher like a, a little bit of a crowd in my room, I know that each being there is not just one being. It's like, it's like a symbolic representation of a specific lineage. Um, and it was just so heavy. <laughs> it was so heavy and I was in physical pain. Uh, and I, I had to grieve how magic died. Cause, cause if you think about generations, like, like our grandparents' generation, they, they had more magic. Pre-industrialization, they had more magic. And magic didn't just die because, oh, we love machines. No, it was killed. It was murdered. It was not... It it was... It didn't fade off peacefully. It was... It was rape. It was stealing. Land stealing. Um. Anyway, uh, what was... As I told in the Guada podcast, I was getting panic attacks because I could feel the terror of these deaths like rippling through my body. It was just too much. And I remember we were celebrating my grandfather's birthday and I couldn't even be like look normal like in the car and i just kept oh my god it it was my i also remember there was my mom's birthday um i just kept praying the whole time while i was eating with other people like in public and i just wanted to feel normal i was just begging to feel normal and i was already breaking down that I usually don't tell my parents about all my magic stuff because usually they don't really believe me. But I, I broke down in front of my mom and begged for her to pray for me because I couldn't handle all of these souls asking for repose. And my dad was like driving the car and I was begging her, my mom, to help me 
pray for them and I know she and, and ask for the um, intercession of my grandmother on her side to also help transition these souls and I just want to say that um, these timelines so this is 12d up so 12th dimension up to 15th and I know the math <laughs> Zach's a math nerd so these timelines so I just okay I want <laughs> the the nerd in me wants to explain shit so you know how like chess is like a 3d game right and then you see in Harry Potter, there's like 5D chess, right? So imagine as you go up timelines, as you go up dimensions, the chess match goes up. So there's 12D chess. And just like, you know, in Loki, the Marvel series, how there's like a main time stream and the multiverse splinters off. Or even if you think of everything everywhere all at once, there's like m- different multiverses, right? But there's like a main plot. Like the pendulum is swinging one certain way, whether it's forgiveness or violence, right? So the thing is, on those timelines, time is very foldable. Um, and there are key events, right? For example, fall of Atlantis or something. There are key gates and locations, right? Like the moon, okay? Uh, Saturn. That a lot of these entities... Energies, we're also an entity, by the way. Souls are an entity. So, so some people have negative projections on that word. Um, they all try to meet at these certain time frames and kind of move, sway the general direction flow of time into a positive result or a negative result. And it's just so hard to watch because um, there were a lot of timelines where a lot of women like experience sexual harvesting, a lot of implants, a lot of abuse. It's horrifying. This is why I keep saying that if you're into upper dimensional work <clears throat> and they choose to not show you shit, don't get too curious if you cannot handle that level of trauma. My heart broke so many times looking at these fucking souls like shatter. Okay. And it's just not and the thing is while i was looking at them the the data analyst in me the akashic version in me is like seeing how these abuses on these key races translated into a lot of slavery scripts to our modern day era right or like kunyari um feminine oppression it becomes easier to manifest because on an energetic level, on a bigger timeline level, they're still being fucked up. They're still being offered. They're still being slaves. They're still being um, harvested. Okay? It was just so hard because um, uh, Zach Axis, like the complete, the healthy version. You know how like those hippie people keep saying 12 strand DNA, 48 strand DNA from three strand, right? Um, so I don't fully endorse that because, you know, sometimes people get eugenicists. So eugenics is when you're like racist towards other people because they're not quote unquote perfect. So that's why I don't really endorse the idea. But, uh, Zach knows what a complete strand looks like, what a healthy 12D or a 48D looks like, even what a 12- healthy 3 one looks like, six, no matter how many strains you have. So, when this was happening to me, when I was having the panic attacks, I was looking at people and I could see the damage. It's almost like they had like these, um, I, I, it's like I could see their books and I could see exactly what timelines they were fucked over. And it was just so hard to watch because it's almost like I could see the pain of your ancestors and not just this timeline, like several dimensions up timelines. And it's just, there's so much abuse. There is so much abuse. I really fucking hate it. Like, and I, I know I'm like a strong warrior archetype, but so my hands were moving, my, my fire was moving, but my heart was breaking. I couldn't handle the pain. I couldn't handle the grief. I couldn't. It was my heart that broke first, not my mind, not my fire. It was my heart. Um, and I had this dream where, uh, which was my turning point where I was a strategist. So it was, it was a different timeline. Me, it was a very flip me. Um, 
You know though that Star Trek. Ah, what's his name? The guy who's uh, ah Spock. There you go, Spock. Very mental realm, very logical species, right? So, uh, I was a like that, right? Not necessarily Spock, but you know what I mean. Um, it was I had a role that was very Ender's Game. So in Ender's Game, for people who are unfamiliar, it's basically they raised kids to be war strategists who were very objective and you know ruthless, but they didn't know that the strategy games that they were playing were actual. The pawns were actual people, were actual beings, were actual warships. So. I kind of had something similar. Like I had a similar role. It was like a highly mental realm me version. I think it was still Zach. Um, and uh, I was cleaning DNA basically. So I was looking at the lineages of certain people. So when I say lineage, meaning across time, across time on several dimensions. How are these people proliferating? Like a very big view of things, and then I saw these people. There was this one line that they were turning very gay, <laughs> like the men were having sex with other men, and I was like, in my mental realm version of me, I was like, oh, I have to cut them off because if all of them become gay, they won't reproduce anymore, and that's bad, right? Very one plus one equals two. But when I said cut them off, it literally meant delete all of them, because they were like poisoning the rest of the soup. You know what I mean? Like delete all queer people. And as a queer person, <laughs> my higher self is really smart. They were like, Maria's definitely gonna be, <laughs> like, definitely gonna correct this because she's so pro queer. <laughs> so, um. I really had to overpower this guy. I had to overpower this version of myself. Like I, I did like a mentalist game with him of trying to overpattern his brain to like look and fall in love with this lesbian assistant. Like a research assistant, very far didn't even work in my office, but I was like, love her, love her, fall in love with her. And it's not even like my body at that time was very ace. Like it couldn't fall in love, but it could adore. To a point that it would abort the sequence, because I launched the codes already that would delete them. And you know how, like, you know those movies where I forgot the name of the movie where they were trapped in a time loop and they kept repeating the situation until they fixed it. I wasn't like that. Like I was so determined to uh, to to stop the deletion that I kept repeating it. I kept repeating the situation and my brother was like helping me so my brother is like also a strong warrior energy and i see him in many timelines of myself so we're always kind of like in the same soul group um and he had this usb of like you know the take back the launch codes kind of thing and i i i, I had to like um stab it into the mainframe in time and yeah like I made it thankfully, and there was just this like very tiring like long car ride home, and I just saw some of my friends also make their way home. I was just like looking at these murals, and oh my god, that, that was like super tiring, but it also really leveled me because I was so angry at these murderers and these oppressors. And then I realized that, huh, I was also a murderer and an oppressor. And, you know, there's no, like, it really humbled me. And even, I even came to a point that I was like, Dan, do I even have a heart? Right? Because before, if you notice my previous episodes, I would always say that the heart's not the most reliable, like, chakra all the time. Right? Because sometimes people get swayed by their feelings too much. And sometimes you need, like, the truth and logic of things. This is why my mental realm is, like, my strongest. My loyalty to truth is just so deep. But the thing is, when you're pure truth, when you're pure logic, not tempered by the compassion of the heart, you can be evil. <laughs> you can be fucking evil. Because the thing is, the Spock version of me, he was just trying to preserve 
lineages, but he, he, oh my God. Anyway, so my point is I had to, I literally still have the painting of me trying to construct a heart for that timeline version of me. And I had some magic friends of mine really like call me up and like help me rebuild my heart chakra because it was fucking fucked up. And um, ever since then I wrote, and remember I didn't have that, I needed to make my programs from scratch, my attachments to earth from scratch. So I still have the notebook where I really wrote down my full program of like, I sacrifice the brain cells to become heart cells. Like really, we will reconfigure the Maria, the, the biases of my, you know how like in RPG games, you kind of have like a status, um, a stat block, right? You do prioritize attack or defense or agility, stuff like that to become like, for example, a thief or a paladin. I was like, I'm going to make my stat block from scratch. (laughs) I was like, I understand that in other timelines, I have a stronger like this or like that. I sacrifice it for the sake of like a stronger heart. So I flipped it. Instead of having the highest is my mental, I made my heart the highest. And then the next one was my gut because I wanted to stay. And then I made myself like dumber. <laughs> I made myself dumb. I, I sacrificed some wisdom points, guys. So yeah. And pff, that was a trip. Um, also, my grandfather was dying around this time. So I feel like me ushering the dead. Um, in other timelines. Also, by the way, shout out to my mom. <laughs> when I told her about like how I was having a hard time transitioning all these dead folks, she said that, Maria, if your gifts were really for like love and for God, he wouldn't put you in harm. This is because my mom's Catholic. He wouldn't put you in harm and you really need to ask Mother Mary that they not fuck up your body right and i love it because she's like a big queen of swords energy and it was like guys i'm willing to help but you cannot fuck me up this deeply right it was such a strong very strong establishment of boundaries i also feel like it's a strong acknowledgement of limitations i still want to save slaves i still want to rectify the oppression of so many people but if I know that I will die, like, etheric body splintered and killed off in parts, died. I need to have some kind of modicum of self-preservation. And even if I have that much will, right, and clarity, I I can't be dumb, guys. I mean, I lost my mentor, too, with her body splintering. And it was such deep grief, Okay, so even if I only have a few earth placements, I know that staying is a love language. Being being there for people's long journeys is a love language. And I can't... To die for something is so easy. To live for something is much harder, right? And to live, to choose to live, and to strategically try to leverage a better future is definitely the better decision. So... I really begged off. It's almost like I asked for like the enlistment. Like, I know, I know I have chops, but can you give me more grounds work? Give me cases on earth. I, I cannot do this interdimensional shit. Like I quit. Like I quit it. Like I, I signed up and then I quit. <laughs> and they let me, they let me cause you know, they were giving me full permission to do what I want. Um, and I just, so. My grandfather was also kind of dying around this time. And the thing is, he's like, he's like an aspect of Saturn, like the planet Saturn. (laughs) I remember when I was taking care of him because he goes to the States and he needs somebody to accompany him with his wife. I remember a shroom trip that I was so frustrated because they were showing me how one of my main tasks in this lifetime is to just serve him. Fucking serve Saturn. <laughs> so annoying. Cause, cause he's, he's this kind of energy that I, w- I saw in the shroom trip. How? So there's two of them, right? There's him and his wife. He has six kids and 13 grandchildren. Do you see the, like the magic numbers here? <laughs> 
they, they were like the planets, six plus two, eight, and then the 13, right? Um, it's almost like we were moons or asteroids. Anyway, um, right? The number of, I, I need to double check, but the moons of Saturn is 13, but, or was it rings? I, I, I don't, I don't want to check. <laughs> anyway, um, he, they were showing me how, us having reunions in different places in the planet was kind of like activations, but we always had to be together. I always had a question before that, why is it that when I dream walked, I was always with my cousins. I was always with my, um, like dad side of the family. And I realized that, oh, cause we're holding like certain codes of like different energies, like different constellations. And we were going to America at that time because one of my cousins was getting married and I was like, oh, God damn it. She has like elf princess energy. Fuck. I can't believe I saw my cousin like that. And then one of her brothers has like this big Chinese emperor energy. And I felt like even if my grandfather was really old, he had to bless her wedding. Like it was not an option. It was not optional. So I was just so frustrated because even when I drew tarot readings, for myself at that time, it was always like I was just the page or I was just the witch of the big guy. Like I wasn't my own empress. He's the emperor. I'm just like the assistant. <laughs> and it was just so frustrating because they were like saying that all my projects, all my art stuff, all the stuff I was dedicated to. It's like, it's very minor compared to the service of just serving him. And this, he's not really likable, guys. He's fucking Saturn. He's just, he's just so strict. He's like a traditional heteronormative man. And, you know, I, when he was dying, um, I realized, so he has this devotion to Peña Francia. Peña Francia is like this miraculous image of the Mother Mary located in Naga, Philippines. Uh, she like heals people, guys, and she's like processioned in the river every year. And he goes to these things. He donates a lot of money for her gates and her pictures. And even when he was dying, he like, they, they made fucking shirts of the Peña Francia portal gate and all of our names underneath it. And, um, I always said that he's like a really prayerful guy. Um, he, I would think that a lot of our blessings in the family and a lot of our successes, a lot of our luck, a lot of, a lot of our luck is because of him. Like he, you know how like grandmothers petition for their family for certain things? That was him for us, right? But it's, it had Saturn, right? So it was order and ambition and, and usual success. But it was like, you're going to have it. We were like different from the other lines of the family because of his blessing, because of his like persistence to keep you. But he couldn't really express it verbally, emotionally, but it was through prayer and I can see it. And this is why um, I've seen some yogi people explain that even Chinese families, guys, how certain devotions to certain deities, certain bloodlines, right, were kept because you you inherited the temples and the blessings and the karma, right, of your ancestors, but the thing is that when I say temples, there are, um, not, not 3D temples that they build up there. You know, build their, build your riches in heaven, build your temples in heaven, right? I mean, you see that in Christian texts, but you see it in yogic texts as well. So basically, I saw his temple, okay? And the thing is, when he dies, it kind of like, it, it experiences an earthquake because these energy forms are like tethered to their parent, right? And the thing is, he kind of needs to like, I needed to remove the umbilical cord of how it was attached to him and make sure that it can kind of sustain itself. So I needed to either attach it to myself or just attach it directly to Mama Mary. Basically, all of his prayers to keep running, all of these blessings to not die with him. Right. I know um, a part of it. So even if I didn't do this operation, a part of it would still survive just by virtue of it being in space. But um, 
I knew that a lot of it could be lost as he was dying. So I definitely felt um, my family slash Mama Mary, even when he was dying, I, I just had this random thought in my head that felt so clear that I need to help them transition. My, my grandfather and my grandmother. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> so when it was happening, I was like, God damn it, why did I sign up for this? But anyway, um, so it was almost like I had to do open tummy surgery for myself. And I had to... This was after my interdimensional war shit. Okay? So I had GERD. I couldn't sleep. My father had a trip to Africa, so I was, like, in a fucking 13-hour flight. I couldn't eat, okay, because I was just throwing up everything. And I had to pray to Mama Mary for nine fucking hours. And I was getting, like, aspects of my family members crying and grieving to me, begging. So even if they didn't tell me anything, I knew they were grieving, um... And I just had to shore it up. I had to, I had to do the work. I had to even close the timelines where I went to war. Like I had to gaslight those timelines and be like, that didn't happen. We didn't go there. <laughs> we didn't pick up the trauma over there. Like I had to reclaim myself that was still kind of stuck there. So I, I might be in like in a safari mode. I, I kind of find it weird when I see pictures of myself from that trip because it's like, oh, yeah, I was there, but I was kind of not, you know, it was, I was having a hard time. And Mother Africa was such a root energy, but I think she was also like helping me like stay here. But anyway, so long trip home. When I finally moved everything, on the trip home, that was already also like a several hours of prayer, like intense focused prayer. Um, and that was the only time my GERD stopped. It was the only time that um, I could sleep or that the energies felt like they finally settled. So I just kind of wanted to tell people that this is why I kind of promote people doing ancestor work or like building temples for their families, blessing their families. Because I, I saw how big of an influence it is and how beautiful it is and how much it could be like, um, like you could, uh, you could entrust it to your children. It's that strong. And who you consider family can be so big. Cause my grandfather, like, um, he sent scholarships to, to like a lot of farmers. So I know that this temple didn't only guard our blood. It also guarded a lot of other people. That's why they were make, forcing me to not, they were forcing me to maintain it, to not let it die. So yeah, cause it's an energy form. So anyway, um, in case for people who are like, I feel like authentic Chinese people also feel this where they felt like there's like a family curse to be, you know, to own the company and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, because the company has like an egregore and it's attached to you and it has both blessings, but also like expectations, right? And you could talk to the egregore, you could heal the egregore, but at the same time, you could convert it into a temple that is becomes a holy sacred place that knows its purpose and knows the purpose of the family and the group and the company, right? So... Um, so I know that my grandfather's temple is very much this place of abundance and blessing and stability of Saturn. Strictness of Saturn, but stability of Saturn as well. Whereas my, my own temple in the ethers is more creative, it's more healing, it's more, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's more, it's more a bunch of elementals like, volunteering to help you or going to school or going to the hospital it's more of a school library kind of situation versus my grandfather's where it's like abundance right so yeah because everybody's like good at different things and i feel like for people who took seraphim blueprint so if you do sb4 grids that's kind of like one of the ways to kind of make an etheric temple somewhere but if you also do shamanic journeys you can build temples for certain things um so you do that with guides, like guides that know how to build stuff, but also group guides that know how to guide you to how to help certain groups. 
So yeah, um, so ever since I'm more tethered back here, if you noticed, I've been more focused with groups. I've been more focused with, I would like to think that I'm a little bit more accessible. I'm t- I really worked hard on like, um, chop- chopping down my walls. Uh, if you look at my astrological chart, uh, my 11th house, so that's community. Um, and even my relationship houses, they don't need, like, I'm hardwired to be an introvert. And even in other timelines, or at least for Zach, um, I could really wing it out with just a few relationships. But I really, so next portion of the podcast, um, I want to talk about, um, astrocartography and land spirit contracts. <laughs> Wow, this is so specific. But I know that some of y'all I already shared this with. But basically, I was petitioning land spirits to kind of change my astrological makeup. To make me less... Basically, release me from too much strictness of Saturn. Because my Saturn placement in the Philippines was making me isolated. Um, Because it wanted me to focus on... Um, the etheric. And I was like, guys, I, I can't sign up anymore for the etheric. So... um I was like saying, okay, can we fold? So space-time folding, right? Can we fold other locations on Earth? So it needed to be on Earth because it needed to be more grounded. Oh my God, I can feel how much like magic math I'm explaining here. (laughs) Okay, so basically when in astrocartography, um, certain parts of our chart are like projected on the Earth and Parts of our chart are stronger in certain parts of the Earth. So maybe your Venus is somewhere, your Sun is somewhere. So your birthplace is not necessarily like your luckiest place. So what I was doing is that I was petitioning these land spirits that had a more outgoing personality, more community talents to like space-time fold back into Manila so that it's almost like my astrological makeup here is kind of biased towards a certain way. Like I... Like, I changed my cartography internally, right? By space-time folds, like by origami, etheric origami, okay? So, um, oh my god. When I did it, I was like, holy shit, I felt so different. Like, I usually get pissed when people kind of don't respect the kind of work I do. And I can see that they're, they don't have the same level of dedication. So it's my Saturn shit, right? It's almost like you need to backflip to earn my, you know, attention or respect. But when I did this, I was like, hey, Saturn, you need to fucking chill. So I did that. And holy shit, I was less angry. It was much easier for me to heal with community and in community. I was more generous. It was just easier. And I also shared this with a bunch of people, this technique, right? It's a little bit hard to market, but you know, I'm still kind of grokking how to get better at Mercury and explain myself. But yeah, so I did that. It's like really deep programming. So not only did I do scripts of attachment, but I also did astrological, you know, re, like I rejuggled it so that I be you know, you, you're reborn to a different person, right? So, so I feel really grateful for the work that I did right now. Uh, so yeah, so that's what's all that shit been like. What else am I supposed to share? So, um, I just wanted to share, I guess, that Oh, okay. Now I know what to share. Okay. I just wanted to share that. You know how they keep saying that, you know, you are not your body, right? You are not your mind. You are spirit. And it's a way to kind of just dissociate. <laughs> when I say dissociate, it's not the, the horror version. Like just, just not associate too much with the body, right? Cause you're trying to make your spirit body. You see this with like some trippy hippie texts where you make like a buddhic body on top of your crown chakra and shit. Um, and yeah, and that's the thing that goes up there in other dimensions. Um, the thing is, wait, let me try to, ex- <laughs> oh, so basically I'm trying to explain the anatomy of these things because it's coming from someone who's done all of that, 
Right. Okay. So the thing is, when we do a lot of spell work, or we do, or even if you're just involved with work and stuff, these have cords to you, on your crown or on your navel, right? And this is why you can feel tired even when you're not at work, because you're still connected to work. And this is why I say also kind of like disconnect from it sometimes so that you can just sit in your own frequency without cords, even without your guides, just, just fucking neutral. You need to experience being fucking neutral just so that your frequency just has time to breathe, right? Um, so the thing is, so we have cords to companies, egregores. So for people who are new to the idea of egregores, it's basically just mental, emotional thought forms kind of just congregating together. It has memories, experiences, it has its own logic. Cause if it's like a living wisdom logic of a certain like way of doing things, like of a group, of a company, of something, right? Okay. So. So we have cords to these things, to groups, to, to, to companies, right? To your prayers, these temples, right? Um, even your spiritual body, you have a connection to it. And, and what most people teach is that you associate yourself with your spiritual body, not necessarily with your physical body. Now, what I want to advise to people is that, um, I know that there should be like a healthy distance with your body, but the thing is, when I talk about integrated awakenings, grounding, and being here, you kind of need to go back to your body. So, might be like a controversial opinion, or might be a weird take, but there are times when you fully close your crown chakra, fully ground your spiritual body into your physical body because you notice there are like some very advanced spiritual seekers right who really have fucked up physical bodies because they didn't prioritize it anymore you see what i mean there's no there are there are yogic traditions tcm traditions um they have a different title for masters who master the physical body because it's not always a given this is why you have saints who sacrifice their body and they're always in physical pain just because they're in deep prayer, right? Some dream people, dream walker people, they, they, they like mummify their body. They, they're physically weak, right? They're incapacitated because they wanted their pineal Neptune shit to be stronger. So there's like, um, they prioritize, um, in the stat block of your RPG character, they prioritize the pituitary gland instead of their physical body, right? So what I'm saying is that there is a different title slash, you know, build, like stat build, where the physical body is mastered, even with the spiritual energies, where it's brought down and re-expressed and re-architected. So I feel like a lot of people talk about building your spiritual body, building your spiritual places. But I do want to say that there is a way to kind of bring down the temple, right? It's very, you hear this in texts where they're, they're saying that the temple is my body, right? They built the temple to Shiva inside of their gut. It was because it they wanted their physical life to be the temple, right? Very tantric. So I really love tantrica because they say that Maya or like the physical senses, this is also worship. This is also transcendent. There is no separation there. I don't, it's kind of like Buddha wanting to go to hell because he has more people to help there. <laughs> you know, you don't need, there's no attachment anymore to being nirvanic. Okay. So I just wanted to say that um, other than you could totally like turn off the umbilical cord sometimes and just stay on a neutral amdam frequency, like I'm like just my zero frequency. So for people who've been with my journeys, you'll notice I kind of do that. I kind of dip people into just zero first before they do anything. Cause you need that. <laughs> you, you need a baseline. Um, so that's my first tip. My second tip is that you could, please guys, you can bless your body. You can bless downwards. You can bless, um, it takes some time. So, uh, the way I described this in my previous integrated awakenings episodes is that every time you go up a dimension, you access new fuel 
right? Or even not up, because I noticed that some seekers uh, aren't, you know, their orientation is not up. It's like different colors. So it's, you know, change the verb however you like. But the thing is, every time you gain new fuel, you're kind of like a transformer and you need to change the wiring of your vehicle to be able to tolerate this new fuel. Or not even tolerate, like wield it properly, like adapt. You're kind of like fiddling your instruments and be like, oh, okay, this is how it works. It's kind of like you're a musician and it's like, oh, okay, this is like a new toy or like a new way of doing things. This is like a almost like an effect. You're like, oh, this is a new app on my phone that has like a different effect for my camera. So you know your camera, but oh, I'm still grokking this new effect, right? So this new fuel, right? You kind of need to re-architect your physical body or even just your spell work, you know, to tolerate this new energy, whether it's like a higher frequency or whether it's like a frequency you're not used to. So something like if people aren't used to death energy, like a destroyer energy, they're going to be like, holy fuck, this thing's too powerful, right? You're not used to beastly energy, like, and it comes online, you're like, motherfuck, this thing's like destroying all my fine china. And I'm like, yes, because it's a different energy. It needs a different vehicle. It needs a different container. So I would say that um, once you're done exploring, right, and you really know how to kind of turn off connections to these things that you can build, one of the things that becomes of interest to you is to how to just re-architect architecture, <laughs> sacred geometry. Sacred geometry becomes interesting for you because you're trying to optimize how to creatively use these energies. By the way, I could be wrong. This is just me. <laughs> This is just me. This is my interest. Um, my Scorpio is pretty strong. My surgery, surgical, astral surgery is a thing I do. Like, I have timelines where, like, I learn in the astral how to do surgery. So I know that my interest in bodybuilding, <laughs> not just on a mus- muscular level, but on other levels, is also, like, really my interest. So... Yeah, there's a lake in Kailash that has like a lot of surgeons, like a lot of astral surgeons. So if people are interested in that, you go visit, pray for that place. Uh, and yeah, cause I know that some people, they're not built for this. They're more built for making art or they're more built for like very tantric pleasure of life, right? Cause they're doing stuff in the, like either in their subconscious or maybe they're they're not really Piscesian, so they have a very pragmatic, like very like my grandfather, very Saturnian approach to things. So I want to say that again, as the title suggests, this is just my journey. This is just my integration, uh, and I just really wanted to share it so that people who kind of feel like, man, am I weird. <laughs> We'll, we'll maybe find some comfort that I'm just as weird as you. <laughs> or maybe even weirder. And that it's okay. It's okay. And um, the Akashic nerd part of me is <laughs> even like, no, that's fine. It's fun to index these things. It's fun to arrange these things into helpful bits of information. So yeah, uh, just to close the year with everybody, I just wanted to share that in the start of the year, I've always been praying that I could make more communities, that I could make, I could run larger classes. And it was always kind of interrupted because I was doing upper realm work. I was getting a lot of disincarnate people. Um, they were like shoring me up on an energetic realm. Like I needed more juice right if i wanted to be very thorough with students and the the spaces i held so i really just want to say that for anybody who's like been in my communities that (sighs) i guess all of that work was for y'all like i this has been a dream this this has been my goal and my dream for a while and it has been so hard not only because of my saturn stuff but because of just my um I guess also just my standards of integrity slash, you know, the amount of work to translate everything like I've gathered. I've had a few of you guys like 
pull cards for me and it's always been like you have much wisdom but you know the language of imparting it to people is still you know it's cooking it's cooking and i feel like i've i've cooked a few and i'm just i'm just so grateful that i've arrived to that point because it took so long guys um but i know that this is very important things and i trust the work that i've done especially also by the way guys i really want to share do i share yeah so oh he okay um i really want to share that when y'all work with me or like go to my classes and stuff um, people think that I'm the one doing it or my guides are doing it. And I'm like, no, it's a cooperative that's doing it. So the thing is, I have a lot of public power places. And as long as people like avail of like, for example, a spa service there, they just do volunteer work for me. So it's like a cooperative. You know how like farmers like barter with each other and they're like, uh, they help each other kind of co-op. So they're an SJ co-op. Uh, you're telling me not to say the actual name, but, um, so when sometimes, so yeah, sometimes I want to help y'all guys, but at the same time, the co-op wants to introduce themselves and like want to help you. Um, and yeah, there's like a lot, there's just a lot of energies. There's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of spaces with all of them. And they all just kind of just want to say hi. I sometimes also call them the kingdom because they're, you know, like, I write contracts for them. I, I make spaces and doors for them. But at the same time, you know, like, you know, I give suggestions, like make a school and stuff. But there, it's definitely just the generosity of all these spirits. Like, um, for every person I balance, uh, every, you know, vibe I send. Yes, there is Reiki. Yes, there is Seraphim, which is a specific lineage. But those are like, earth elementals mountains those are galactic etheric beings those are some fake creatures with rectifications those are like the you know the reformed snake spirits those are some hindu aspects there's there's like a lot of them okay and i i totally i it would take too long for me to even just mention how many of them are just in the co-op right in the co-op wanting to work right um, I feel like it just really attests to everybody how, uh, a lot of, a, um, a lot of the spirits want to help. They, and the thing is, as people, as humans, we kind of just, we have the gift of creation. And other than asking for help, we really need to co-create how they can help, how they can come together. Right. So if I don't make the containers for a service, right, these guys cannot intervene. They cannot superimpose free will. If nobody prays for intercession for like the souls trapped in war, they cannot, they cannot do anything. Right. No matter how powerful they are. So I do want to just remind people that there are always teams that want to help and that I, I really just, I guess I should give, I really want to give more credit that this is, yes, this is integrating awakenings with Maria, but as some people have pointed out, some of my episodes sound like I'm, I'm several beings and I'm like, yes, cause I'm channeling them. It's a group work. I, it just, it's almost like a group project. They made the PowerPoint. I'm just talking. I'm just the mouthpiece. But they made the PowerPoint. Yes, I can admit that. Every time I send energy and like a lot of leveraging, they're doing a lot of the brunt work. Shiva's doing a lot of the brunt work. Mother Mary's doing a lot of the brunt work. So yeah, I guess I, I guess it's like a really nice way to kind of just end the year, stitch the year to really just I, I humbly, I hope you guys can feel them. I, I, I humbly thank all of these beings that, um, I understand a lot of them I've helped, but at the same time, um, their willingness to also co-creatively help everybody else is, is just been divine. Um, and yeah, and if you're, uh, speaking to the people listening to this, or fine, even the entities like who might be listening to this, if you're interested in working with me, please know that our doors are always open, that uh, we have one-on-ones, right? Uh, these are very good if you have like a specific journey that you want uh, 
like a really close new ones to look at but I also have group classes lined up for next year so these are very accessible like the physical classes are very accessible and fun and I feel like when people spend physical time together their their energetic codes swap there's like a natural natural mirroring and natural support that happens this is why it's like very important for me to people to meet physically and then I have like online classes zoom classes for a little bit more deeper work like energetically uh intense work because i feel like these kinds of work need to be done like in spiritual spaces like temples or like meditation centers so i can't do them in a cafe as much because you get a lot of flyers um yeah so i do those on zoom so i'll be posting more often i feel like i'm getting a hang of like doing them and they're mostly pay what you can uh your your spirit guides tend to pay me and yeah 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 on a on a material note (laughs) i'm also getting my license on art expressive arts therapy so i'm finally gonna have like some kind of healing license other than my tribute stuff and i think i'm gonna get my art masters application approved hopefully yes because i really want to be an art teacher um yeah, cause I wanna be, I wanna be in a very institutionalized place and have that Saturnian support, but also be that Aquarian weirdo. But very subtle. My Scorpio is very good at making it secret. And then this is the space where I'm like all out, very mystic. Yeah, and doing my best to still be educational. So yeah, those are my plans. Um, I, I trust y'all guys that much that I shared with you. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it i hope i know that the next year is gonna be kind of tricky because there's solar flares astrologically there's gonna be still a lot of upheavals um you know i'm not i'm not gonna try to gloss over like possible recessions and stuff so i guess i just want to say that let's use that energy of transformation or even of just like outward stress to kind of just really focus ourselves really kind of just drop into our truth into the strength of our hearts and really do our best to live who we're meant to be yeah with the with the best capacity of what we know we can do and and i hope that I mean, if you're listening to me right now, you're probably going to be part of the circles that I'm also going to hold for. And I just want to say that I value you and that I look forward to like exchanging vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And sharing the work, sharing the load as well. Times can be really terrifying and times can be really stressful. I know that my one-on-one service has a, you know, has a, has a standard payment. Um, I've done trades with this. So some people make art for me and then I do the service. I think that's the only thing that I can't do pay what you can, but my podcast is free. My, um, my digital classes tend to be pay what you can. So please, please, please go to them or like just listen to them. And yeah, I will close now because I'm over an hour, so yeah, see you next year, 2024. Take care. Ciao.